0: So, All right. is it going to okay. be vastly disturbing if I drink a kombucha while we're doing this?
1: Only if you tell me what it is.
2: What what kombucha is, or what kind he is drinking? You know, I've never tried kombucha yet. No, you should. I I I hear I hear it's quite the deal, though.
3: Yeah.
1: No, seriously, what is it? I've heard that It's a. Me- uh, oh, it's like a it's some fermented, a fermented thing. Tea. Oh.
2: See, John and I drink different fermented things. <laughs>
1: Uh, the
0: ingredients on this one are sparkling water, kombucha <laughs> culture, which is filtered water, black tea extract, green tea extract, natural flavor, cane sugar, filtered water, tart, cherry juice, concentrate, bacillus,
1: coagulans, lactose, <laughs> or... coagulates. <laughs> I love eight, five, bacillus
2: coagulans.
1: So,
0: yeah, it's got, uh, it's basically like, uh... It's It's what yogurt is to milk, as kombucha is to
1: tea.
2: As Gandhi is to India.
1: Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound like an alcoholic beverage at all.
2: I think you should spike it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
2: just what I need. So anyway, let, well, oh wait, we okay. haven't
1: even... We, okay,
2: my goodness.
1: That, that was called a cold intro, Phil. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: who are we talking to? Eric... Eric with the C, getting older every day. God, yes. (laughs) You're younger than us, though. I think.
0: I don't know when was your last birthday, Phil.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, you haven't turned fifty yet, though.
0: No, I haven't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's just hanging out there. It'll happen soon enough. Whippersnapper.
2: Yeah, you darn kids today. Well, well, welcome, Eric. Welcome, Eric. We have we have a guest. So well, there. let's hope
1: this works out better than our last two guest stars.
2: Wrong. You're listening to Time to Lean and Here's a Song, Episode 15. Tonight's special guest, John and Phil, are joined by tonight's special guest, <laughs> Eric Shipley. Uh, good night, everybody.
4: Who are they? <laughs> Sean and Rob. Oh, God. Not at the same time,
0: please. No. no, no, no. Oh, We can hey, it, only
1: handle one at a time. And and
2: we do some editing, but just barely. <laughs> some. Okay. So in this mail, we may start right now. So Eric, uh, who are you? Who am Why I? Why are you here?
1: Why are you Des- here? Describe yourself. Describe myself? What accent should I use then, lads? <laughs> I think I heard Nazi and Scottish. <laughs> is Nazi an accent now? No, no. no the, the well, German is very different,
0: you know. It's very clear. Sounds different than the Scottish. And of course, there's the English, too, or the French. You know? Anyway, um, they all say ze.
2: z. <laughs> that was a Nazi French. The French <laughs> That's
1: Nazi. That's the universal uh, <laughs> diction point. Is they all say z.
2: You met Eric, you knew Eric before I did, so you yeah. met him like in. Uh,
0: I met John in uh, both John and Jeff in 1984 at the Summer Olympics. Band, uh, uh, <laughs> pre-season
1: right before high school yeah yeah it was because we we didn't know each other before because we went to different junior highs
2: what junior high did you go to eric south oh i did too no i knew that
1: yeah i did
2: i didn't think i really knew you that well then though but i knew of you i think
0: yeah um actually i met uh rob before either of you i met rob in uh 1983 in jazz band uh at south and i also met uh new Glenda and lee from. So, okay. I think so. I think you and I uh, must have met sometime, probably in later in 1984, 1985.
2: Phil, I'm guessing. Did did we meet during one of the camping things, or did we meet during a play thing? Or no, I wasn't in plays until my last year of high school. So. Yeah,
0: neither was I. Um, hmm. I might have met you through John.
2: I, I, well, I yeah, I'm probably. sure. I'm sure of that, but. <laughs> I just don't remember me, exactly hey, meet when. Meet my
1: cool friend Eric. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it was in the hallway. The choir room was sort of close to the band room, so yeah,
1: yeah, there wasn't a lot of crossover, although you know, the, the hangouts at the rehearsal rooms. <laughs> yeah, that that, w- that was definitely a thing where um, I I don't know about you, Eric, but I what, I think I don't think I ever used my high school locker. Nope, that was assigned to me. I pretty much put all my crap in my band room storage yep. cubby or whatever know.
2: those things were. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think yeah, we had those I w- in choir.
0: Yeah, I nope. used uh, my official locker at Central uh, for like the first two weeks of my sophomore year, and uh, after that, you know, it was kind of fucking... <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I didn't even remember my combination.
1: <laughs> well, they were on the other end of the school, which at, in Central, if you know the, the building, it's very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a long uh, trek all the way down to the other lockers, <laughs> and so, we just didn't hang out down there. They were, they were closer to the cafeteria, but uh, yeah. the the social center was definitely the arts area. Now, yeah. yeah.
0: thereby, while well, the band room and the orchestra room, and the
2: no, we didn't have cubbies choir in choir. Room. I used my locker.
1: What? what yeah, did you... you were a little bit, little more normal, which is kind of scary.
2: <laughs> what did? What is? It, what instrument? Did... What instrument did you play? Sax. Sax. But you were a drum major, so that means you were really good at the, at the drums, right?
0: Nope. <laughs> Although, true story, um, uh, senior year, toward the end of uh, senior year, our senior year, I was just hanging around. I, uh, we didn't have band rehearsal, and the orchestra was rehearsing, and I just was just hanging around listening and being unobtrusive, and... uh Bruce uh, stopped him and said, uh, hey, Eric, you want to play timpani for us? We don't have a timpani player. And I was, uh, okay. That would be and, fun. And um, I never, I'd never played timpani before, but I ended up playing timpani in the, the last orchestra concert for Central. <laughs> wow, I don't remember that
1: at all. That's funny. Oh, that would yeah.
2: be, timpani is a cool instrument. I, I prefer the the very lower uh, instruments and voices, but that's fine.
1: Did, were, did you ever do the thing? The coolest thing timpanis do, I think, is the <laughs> well they do they, those rolls are amazing. But the other thing that's cool is, uh, and they don't get to do it very often, but they have those pedals. Yeah, to adjust and you could go uh, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of a this adjustment and some music will actually call for the player to you know press that while playing the, the drum, which makes a really cool effect.
2: Sort of like for uh, sci-fi yeah. movies or something. You,
1: you've <laughs> undoubtedly heard it, no. but didn't know what, what it Her was.
2: Twilight Zone?
1: Oh, I'm sure I have. No,
0: thankfully the uh, the requirements for no, I think the, it's the piece that they were doing was um, do. minimal.
1: Yeah, so Eric, you kind of achieved the... Uh, um, and on the social band strata, you, you kind of hit the top there, being uh, drum major or dumb ranger, as <laughs>
3: somebody called it. <laughs> it was probably Rob. Uh, it sounds like one like of your dad yeah, thinks. Not that
2: he would have said that about no,
1: Eric. No, I'm pretty sure it wasn't him
2: it was influenced uh, that's by
0: especially funny considering the ranger band experience
3: <laughs>
1: right it's a double meaning doesn't it <laughs> oh
0: god oh man you're bringing back a flood of memories i don't that's know
2: what... what we
1: do here <laughs>
3: i
2: don't know what we we get in the, the old the old days sometimes but what was ranger yeah. band is that kind of like band combined with uh, the uh, the boy scouts
1: or no, for no. A service you want to explain john or do you want me to um i'll, I'll do a quick so ranger band was this uh I, I don't know who officially sponsored it but um it was this little group ad hoc um marching band that was assembled during the summer months to perform at area parades mostly i think yeah and i i think you know it's interesting uh and it was it was made up of kids from uh, both of the high schools, and some of the junior <laughs> high kids were in it as well. Is this um, a
2: South Dakota only thing, or is it is is Ranger um, Band a nationally syndicated? I uh,
1: <laughs> I think it was a local thing. I'm sure other areas it's do something like that. But may, maybe I should have uh, uh,
0: John. Do you remember uh, who uh, started, and started that? franchising <laughs> the
1: concept? <laughs>
0: it was Russ Metler.
1: Wow. Okay, I'm not surprised. But- yeah, he was. He was old, the old band, band director, director in Rapid at, City named um, Russell Mettler,
0: uh, South, uh, when I was there in ninth grade and he, he actually, Oh, about halfway through the year, he had a stroke and died. And I remember your dad, John stepped in yeah. and, um,
1: until they could find somebody else to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. actually do his, his bag, but the, uh, yeah, Russ Mettler, uh, it was kind of a band fixture in rapid city for for a long long time i uh, played in the in the symphony for a while there's a there's actually a player service play award named after sim- him oh, oh i didn't th- know that. they still give out i believe he was trombone that's what that's what i heard uh, that's what my, I, but that's I didn't what my realize son played the ranger band that's interesting <laughs> oh okay no i wouldn't be surprised because he was he was doing it yeah. when i started and
0: yeah, he was. So uh who knows how many years he'd been doing. From what it. I heard, he was credited with oh. um, feeding Stevens uh, the players that they had.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's right. Because for many years, he also wasn't he also the band director at West Junior High.
0: I think so. Yeah. yeah.
3: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that that's Ranger anyway. Band, <laughs> probably the where we we first uh, <laughs> met each other.
2: Did you have nice, fun little green outfits with maybe a raccoon on an emblem or something like that? Or it
0: wasn't Ranger Rick band.
2: <laughs> you did a Robin Hood hat with a feather. Wow. Well, you know, with a feather in your cap, with all day long, you'll have good luck with the ladies. Or is that that's Yankee Doodle, isn't it? Did you guys ever play Yankee Doodle? I think Doodle? you made that up. <laughs> Yankee Doodle has some weird lyrics.
1: Oh, anyway. Uh, so um, the, the the band also did. You know, again, we we played in many parades, and you wouldn't realize that so many tiny places had parades. Like, did you know that the city of Wall, South Dakota, had a parade? So <laughs> oh, we right. we would get on a bus and go out to Wall, and the the. I mean, if you've been there, it, it's really not very big. <laughs> and and like i think we even would repeat the route two or three times because it was so short <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. like oh four well, blocks is up well oh, let's go do it again
2: really with what with what i was going to say with wild drug there you should have the animatronics, the robots they do they wouldn't have needed a band you put a quarter all
1: drug have a- animatronic <laughs> They oh, they a, have a, <laughs> the cowboy. That's what the cowboy orchestra that you see on the building. Yeah, you
2: put is. a quarter in there, and then they have a oh. marching band down the street. They didn't need the ranger well, band.
1: They didn't need the ranger <laughs> band. No, and I think Hill City <laughs> had one, and that's even more ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> you, re- you remember who
0: ended up running that? Oh,
1: wasn't it Calvin?
0: Yeah, and he gets so pissed because we'd be cutting up and five
1: dollars five dollars he was deducting yeah from you, our you know we're jumping jumping ahead in history a little bit but um <laughs> i just so remember calvin, you singing calvin, about him calvin will probably never hear this but you know if, in case he does I, I i think we've like a few others in our high school years we were kind of assholes Rapid City was his first post-college teaching job. Yeah, he was 23 that's, when he that's insane, took that over.
2: <laughs> and you guys, you guys taught uh, him.
1: And we were, what, seniors or whatever, right? When he started yeah. and... Or, no, junior, we that's right. Uh, Sheldon was there for our sophomore years and then he went on to bigger, better things. Yep. But Calvin came in and I think he just got a little bit in over his head and got pretty gung-ho about stuff and... and we we were kind of kind of jerks at times.
0: Yeah, we were mean to him. Yeah,
1: it, there was some almost like student hazing <laughs> that went on. <laughs> and we by the time he did Ranger band, we we, we had quite a bit of attitude, I think.
0: Well, I mean, especially after we graduated, I mean, we didn't give. A yeah, and
1: in, in, in retrospect, probably it was a bad idea to have graduated seniors playing in Ranger Band. <laughs> You're kind of asking yeah, for it.
0: It was a real bad idea. But the whole yeah. the whole thing was so uh, kind of
1: slipshod anyway. I don't think anybody cared. But he he it, he let it get under his skin, which was the mistake, I think.
2: Okay, but that's his age, really, immaturity maturity level, whatever. He's 23. But but didn't didn't we didn't we leave a a, a special package on his doorstep. Once?
1: Uh, I wonder you're going to bring that up. Get back to the <laughs> speaking of assholes.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think
1: we we what started out is let's go TP Calvin's house.
2: I don't know. Yeah. Didn't we leave something on his porch?
1: We didn't ship back, did. in, but we
0: definitely TP'd his trees, and we did things like we put Vaseline on his windshield wipers and his door <laughs> handles. He had a God. he had an early Miata. It's- and, uh, and on his, uh, I think shaving cream was involved at some point and, uh, maybe with his front door handle. I can't remember. Calvin,
1: uh, Calvin owned a Fiero. Oh, a Fiero. Excuse me. I remember that car. Yeah. What was it? Okay. So let's, I, I, boy, we're going in the weeds here right away. Um, so what what is it with the uh, Rapid City Central assistant band directors and the cars? So Sheldon Anderson, who, uh, was, you know, the, previous one he he bought a new car every year
3: Mm -hmm. i don't know how he
1: afforded it on the what they paid him but you know he 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 had like a saab turbo and he had an mr2 and some Mm -hmm. other you know some pretty fancy cars that yeah he also was the first person i knew in rapid city that had a a compact disc player that's right which at the time were pretty exotic like 84 ish yeah exotic and then and then calvin you know sheldon moves away and calvin comes to town and he has some has a a, a Fiero, which is kind of the poor man's uh, MR2, if you know cars very well. They're both a mid-engine two-seat.
0: Was the MR2 uh, two a Mazda?
1: That was a Toyota. Oh, that's right. And they and and, and GM kind of copied the MR2, or the or something like that. They're probably both knockoffs of some European sports car. But the Fiero was this weird GM car that was around for a few years. Yeah. But I remember it because i don't know why i i attempted to ask him <laughs> i i actually i i rode in it with his wife out to some state band thing or something like that really <laughs> yeah and i don't know why i was doing that maybe i had something else i just did she was going that way it was across the state i have a vague memory of doing riding in that car for a number of hours Wow, my, With, Spani- um, my Mrs. Spanish
2: my Spanish teacher had a nice car too. He always had, or uh, uh, well, one of my Spanish teachers in high school had a what was his name, Caballero? No, Cabrera, that's not right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, the,
0: the car or the guy?
2: No, right? No, you were right, uh, Eric. Uh, but but he had like a Porsche or something. It could be because they
1: didn't have any kids, and well, you know, I don't know. That
2: don't know.
0: ended pretty quickly, though.
1: Yeah, they had kids just as they left Rapid City. Was that it?
0: No, they had.
1: Uh, or did they I remember? When remember when Margaret still
0: was, there. Uh, was pregnant when uh, we had the 1987 jazz band revolt. <laughs> Do you remember that?
1: Uh, it was. Wait, at- is
2: this shortly after John rode across the state with his wife?
1: I don't know john um uh, to... <laughs> I, there's a reason I blocked that out <laughs> no that's um, terrible no I, no, no.
0: I, I was thinking about this just the i was day. way
1: way too awkward yeah you, you remember <laughs> they, we,
2: they love that
0: we went to the uh i think it was a uh
2: wait start over wait oh okay there, sorry, let's no wait right. no no Derek, i'm sorry it was
0: the uh, spring of nineteen eighty seven <laughs> it was before we graduated. A jazz revolt. uh, We went to a jazz festival. (laughs) I thought it was at uh, BHSU at at Black Hills.
1: Oh, 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 yes, yes, Black Hills State.
0: And uh, Stevens (laughs) went there too. And to make a long story short, we lost. We were pissed. And then Calvin wanted us to sit in the balcony. Uh, which had no seats, so and watch to...
1: the winning winning band perform. Well,
0: we had to sit in the aisles, which were sticky and disgusting. <laughs> and uh, when you sat in the aisle, you couldn't see over the goddamn parapet. So you, you know, you're just sitting in god knows what in, in your dress pants, and you know,
2: and you couldn't see.
0: Well, and, and we couldn't see, so we said, "Fuck this!" And we went down. We found a uh, their. Uh, rec center or whatever it was and, and they had pool tables so we were playing some pool and uh, uh, Calvin came down there and was displeased and uh, I, I, I think just degenerated from there I remember Clayton hmm. Southwick was all pissed too
1: mm-hmm. ah. but anyway it's funny how they for, they let all that stuff go
0: yeah did they really?
1: Well, I don't know. I I I see Clayton Saldwick every so often, and
3: he never brings that up. <laughs> he
1: doesn't bring that stuff. No, I you mean, know, connect- John, you were really an asshole. With- <laughs> yeah, I'm connected like with Stewart,
0: uh, but- <laughs> with both Margaret and uh, and Calvin on Facebook, and yeah, um, yeah. Of course. I kind of alluded to that at one point early on, and mm-hmm. he he was totally oblivious to it. So. <laughs>
1: I I, th- I think it was much a bigger deal in our minds at the time than it well, ever was. It was
2: something about your age. That's your real formative years, you know. And he was more yeah. worried about what kind of car he was going to have.
1: <laughs> Probably, and if he had a kid on the way, then that, that's another. <laughs> well, you know, and and the thing is,
0: Calvin is um, just a few months older than my older brother. So that, that that kind of age difference wasn't something that was unusual for me and you know from what rob has said um uh after 87 because he was what two years behind us john yep yeah he said you know by his senior year um uh calvin had really started to mellow and settle into his into that position so i'm i'm sure i mean straight out of college 23 years old i mean
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, he's got a lot to figure out and you know, get under his oh, belt. Yeah, you,
2: yeah, you guys, absolutely. you guys probably helped him in a weird way.
1: Well, we like to think that, right? Yeah. Another thing. Help. Another
2: thing in high school that now was uh, theater, and uh, I was very thankful when uh, Eric got the role of Romeo. Oh God! Um, <laughs> because I, <laughs> I was like, I only want to play Mercutio. I don't want to play anything else. And she kept having me read from uh, Romeo with other young ladies. And, you know, and I was like, she's not, I don't want to read for this. But anyway, I was very thankful when Eric got uh, the part of of Romeo.
0: You know, uh, (laughs) that was was a lot like playing timpani in the symphony concert. (laughs) I was hanging around the... uh,
2: Except you were the lead.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, I was hanging around the band room and Lisa Ruckman came in. What, what, Said, hey, why do these
1: stories always start with you saying, I was hanging around the band room? <laughs> oh, well. Moituring hey, around the music there. He was a drum well, major. come on. I, did, I mean, that's what we no, did. No, no. I spent many hours <laughs> being yeah. very unproductive.
2: Thank goodness the boys are much more productive these days, or we wouldn't have this podcast. I wasn't going to hang around there. It smelled
1: funny.
0: <laughs> so anyway, I was, uh, I was there in the band room. I don't remember what I was doing. Probably nothing important. And Lisa comes in and says, Hey, I'm gonna go watch the uh rehearsal or the tryouts for Romeo and Juliet. You want you wanna come watch? And I didn't have anything better to do, so Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> what the hell. So it was we like go next, in there and we're watching door. and the the audition part was uh, you know, uh Capulet's um God's bread it makes me mad when he's all pissed because Juliet doesn't want to uh uh, doesn't want to marry Co- Paris, I think it is.
2: Copulate with Capulate? Yeah. Oh, never mind.
0: Yeah, And uh, anyway, and I, I sat there and I was watched these prepubescent morons. <laughs> and, and I don't include you, or do I, Phil? Um, I, but you I, anyway. probably
1: do
2: include I, my I, I, hey, <laughs> hey, my balls had dropped by then, so okay, I, I was right. singing bass. I was not prepubescent man.
0: Alright, we... <laughs> Won't say any more about it. But anyway, um, you know, you know, it was God's bread. Uh, it makes me mad, and, you know. And I was, oh fuck, I can do better than that. So I go down to uh, Miss Saunders and I say, uh, you know, I didn't sign up ahead of time, but do you mind if I do? And and she she was cool with that. So I got up there and I did it. And actually, I was channeling my own dad when I was, uh, you know, doing the. Pissed off father thing. So, um, apparently, it impressed her.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, now was this the same performance that Rob, um, after dying, started coughing? <laughs> yeah, that was on one stage? of the performance. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. What?
2: Yep, what, yep. what? was Rob's character? Get I forgot. He, he was, was, was he Paris. He was Paris. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. The, Noble <laughs> County
1: Paris. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: apparently, Glenda was the nurse. Apparently, he was terrified to do the fake sword fighting with me.
2: Well, I I would have been, but I didn't have to deal with you in that in that area. I no, you had to you deal, had with, to deal uh...
0: with Jeff Schillingstad. <laughs> well, he was man. He, there there was one malevolent fuck.
2: Eric is a potty mouth and a communist. <laughs> he, he was a character.
0: You know, I was just telling uh, my uh, voice uh, teacher uh, at my last lesson last Thursday. I was telling her about uh, putting together that jazz combo, and we worked up Birdland. You remember? Mm-hmm. And uh, we worked it up by ear. We didn't. We didn't have any music, and we just listened to it ad nauseum and figured out the parts. <laughs> and then uh, we actually uh, performed that at a jazz competition. I don't think it was, or maybe it was the same one where we had the jazz band revolt. I can't remember now. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> and some moronic fucking judge picked or just ignored, you know, the fact that, you know, as high school age musicians, we put together a, a jazz combo and just learn by ear Ew. this number and uh, pick some mm-hmm. half assed group and.
2: I, I had a similar experience with that, with choir, with a, we, a jazz choir at, at oh, yeah? Spearfish. I wonder if it was the same year. But um, it was, uh, we were doing, Clay, Clayton Southwick was the choir director, and he he, he, we, he would get us on some really, really difficult stuff. And, you know, he, he was like, hey, I heard you goofing around in the other room and you were doing this trumpet sound. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, it's like, oh, I want you to do that for a scat solo. Oh, cool. And, and I want you to do some other, you know, scat solo stuff. Cause you improvise or you goof, you're a goofy guy. You could probably do it. So I was like, eh, I don't know. Cause I had never done a solo before. And, uh, but I, you know, I tried it and I, I think we were pretty good, but we, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we were trying something really, uh, difficult and unique and uh because there is a precedent evidently he told me that there it's a precedent for scout solos to have you know humans doing uh instrument sounds yeah and and uh so i said okay i'll try it and but we didn't we didn't win either some other group did that was doing something a lot more mainstream and I, we didn't revolt and go play pool but we were i was a little <laughs> grumpy yeah i didn't have to sit in the balcony though <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> I don't know i I sometimes wonder you know at those those competitions, both you know like solo and ensemble or the jazz competitions you know what the fuck are the judges really looking for um did they care about whether or not the you know the groups are are really doing you know push pushing the boundaries trying to do something new trying to do something that's that's really challenging and you it know didn't,
2: didn't seem like it
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i mean did, were they even aware i'm not even sure if they they knew that much another
2: yeah. thing i did uh oral and terp once and uh i was doing uh cast of amontillado or something and uh, i did two different voices and accents and whatever and I, he the, the judge was commenting on how he was dressed or something. It was like I do not I w I don't I don't quite get what the but anyway, I never did oral interp again.
1: What the fuck I does think... that have to do with oral interp? <laughs> don't ask See? me. See? <laughs> it's outrageous. I,
2: I agree. But you people like you and I weren't judges. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, whatever. It takes a special person to be a judge. Or copious amounts of free time. Mm. Okay. So uh Another thing we all did together was camping. I mean, I didn't go as often. I didn't go as often as you guys. Oh, uh, I, think, I think Eric's we take, camping we, and our camp
1: and Phil's camping were a little different.
2: Should we take a break before we talk about camping?
1: Um, yeah,
2: let's I, take a quick. I break. could use I could use another beverage later.
3: <laughs> oh,
2: sick pay. Am I the only one here? Hello, audience. It's so nice to have you with us. I hope you like talking about band.
4: Once I fell in love with a monkey named Fred.
0: So you're back, Phil.
2: Hi, John must be making a fancy drink. Ah. No. As long as
0: it isn't a gin and tonic. Uh, although I think he actually likes gin. I
2: hate it. You don't like gin?
0: Oh, God, it tastes awful. <laughs> well,
2: it's not for everyone. Nope. There's a there's a there's a gin in Wisconsin called uh, Death's Door. Have you ever heard of Death's that? Door? Yeah, it's from
0: Door County up. Yep, uh, that's a good gin. Uh,
2: now maybe maybe you still wouldn't like that, but I think that's my favorite gin.
0: Yeah, Door County is a peninsula that juts up into. The western side of Lake Michigan
2: is that and where you they're... guys go to see the bridges, or is that something well, different?
0: Not the bridges, the lighthouses. I uh, like what they've got, uh, pretty much up and around the entire peninsula are a bunch of very small. Well, they were originally fishing communities, and they still do some of that, but it's become more of a tourist draw. It's uh, yeah, it's been compared to Cape Cod.
2: Okay, sure,
0: we, we've been up there. Dozens of times. Oh, I, I, and, I, I've i uh, seen the
2: pictures. Oh, yeah. No laughing. What? I, well, laughing at you? What did you make? I, I made a Zardoz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No, we'll talk about that later.
1: What, Phil, wait, what no. are you drinking tonight? Me? Yeah.
2: Oh, it's, it's a Zardoz. Well,
1: what's in a, a Zardoz? A, it's
2: a, it's four, pot, four parts red leather-infused vodka, one part pickle juice because the penis is evil, and you garnish with some chest hair.
3: <laughs> wow. Whoa. you could so you, did you use dill <laughs> pickles? <laughs>
2: I was swimming. No, you could ah. put a you could put a big old cucumber in there. I don't care. No, I'm not drinking that. I'm drinking um uh whiskey. <laughs> what what's the whiskey we like, John? I forgot.
1: Eagle Rare. <laughs> Is that what you're drinking? I don't
3: know.
2: Yes. I, I I go through this thing where I go through trends. So on my on, on the episodes, mm-hmm. I'm like I drink the same thing for like eight episodes, and John tries different things. So that's cool,
1: Eric. You may if you have listened to one of our episodes, you might have noticed that we do that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, you used to do that during our Trek cast too. Oh, I
1: did occasionally. Yeah. See, I, we repeat each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you make special drinks for the Star No, Trek? I I no we I well you know sometimes I would have different cocktails but they are usually but just green right
3: it's <laughs> green
2: <laughs> you may not believe this but none of the lads are 100% scottish although sometimes Phil does wear a kilt and of course it's regimental what what green. did you what was that what was your podcast called for that it is still online somewhere you should talk about <laughs> it oh go what ahead was the name Sorry.
1: well let's see it, it went through a couple Trek of permutations rewind. TOS Rewind is the name of the yes. the official place. That's probably the closest. Yes, they are still available. We, into and that's the, we, where you
2: went through every single... Uh, every
1: single original series episode we reviewed.
2: The original series, TOS.
1: Yes.
0: And it took us, some, what,
1: seven to eight years? <laughs> it was a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that's longer than the series ran. Quite a bit longer.
2: Well, it yeah. takes a while to coordinate schedules, especially if you had Rob involved. I can't imagine.
1: Exactly. Yeah. No, it's a long-term project, but we did watch them, watch them all, and have a discussion and written reviews, and because uh, Star Star Trek is one of the one, one of one of all of our favorite informative TV series.
0: Well, and you know it was really interesting doing that because after having seen them countless times. Before we did the the rewind, I mean I'd seen them enough that I could quote um, dialogue uh, right <laughs> along with it, which I think you threatened to kill me for john
1: let's let's revisit that in a second <laughs> but go ahead, finish your,
2: that re- also finish. reminds me of camping <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know it was interesting because
1: I'd never taken
0: a critical look at them and really thought about you know, the themes and what they were talking about. You know, like Return of the... <laughs> when I was younger...
2: I get choked up uh, the, talking about it, too. The
0: connection between uh, Return of the Archons and, uh, you know, uh, critique of communism, that never occurred to me. Once we once we did the rewind, you know, a lot of details came out, and so did a lot of flaws. But...
1: Yeah, and I thought it was really fascinating, too. <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> um to to actually go through them in broadcast order to including all the mm-hmm. ones that we would normally have not bothered <clears throat> rewatching because they're lesser ones because yeah. you know usually the way people watch that show now is they often in the past you know you would cherry pick the ones that are good that you enjoyed the most and you would right. you would bypass the ones that were not so good yeah and it was also inter- interesting to me at least to Kind of try and get an idea of what it was like to have watched them when they were first on one at a time like that, yeah. And how they flowed together, yeah. You know, and of course, from all of the reading we've done about them, it hasn't. There, It wasn't exactly done with a plan of continuity so much, just as uh, production realities, things like that. But right, so, uh, definitely less less thought put into them than there is now.
2: But also with your, you have different life experiences, and you grow older in different years, and you learn about other things that didn't mm-hmm. have to do with Star Trek, and you, and you like learning about the Cold War more or whatever, and you oh, add yeah. that. There, when there's
1: you... so much uh, nuance to, to that show that, um, especially if you know the the, the time period and everything, it, it really adds quite a bit to it.
2: Well, any science any science fiction show seemed to like Twilight Zone or whatever use that kind of. Uh, I was more into Twilight Zone than Star Trek, but I liked Star Trek, but they they used that format or whatever to get across these morality or these this uh, these other uh, ideas about yeah. how government should be run or whatever different things like that politics
0: Well, and Roddenberry actually was unabashed about that. he was yeah he stated up front or at least later that you know that was exactly what he wanted and intended to do. And, they used
2: that as a vehicle
0: yeah uh and you know the interesting thing is that um it it's 2020 hindsight but it was uh star trek ori- original trek did a good job with racial issues and racial tensions but and the sexism kissing. was just ridiculous
2: well yeah
1: yeah, but, yeah I very mean, dated in that way
2: it's not it's that it doesn't hold up well in the me too thing but
1: <laughs> yeah Never mind yeah. the Me Too thing. Like, <laughs> no, even right. standards of 20 years ago, it, it does pretty poorly act. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, but Kirk, what are you going to uh, do?
1: So um, to, to keep us on track a little bit, um, I am having Knob Creek Single Barrel Rye um, oh. tonight. And if sing, single barrel, is to be, Eric, because we always have to, at least I always have to talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> talk it like you drink it. So, the single barrel, what that means is that, in, in this case, it's from literally one barrel of the whiskey. Whereas yeah. mo- most um, whiskeys you buy, if they don't say that, they are mixed together with a lot of other barrels to get a consistent flavor. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's one of those deals where, you, and you, again, you see it mainly with... Uh, Bourbons and rye, but and not so much with scotches. But a certain and and you can actually go to a bourbon or whatever distillery and buy an entire barrel of the stuff. Oh, wow. yeah. If you have the money, they'll sell you a barrel. And so, what, what? sometimes <laughs> yeah. an entire barrel worth of whiskey, which is let's about two hundred bottles.
3: Okay, well, oh <laughs> yeah, let's save huge. up.
1: And what so, wow. what they do now is, and this must be a, this is a way for individual liquor stores to uh distinguish themselves is they will buy one just that they pick out
2: oh man
1: and put their own name on it or whatever and and you'll see it with some of the major rye and bourbon uh distilleries but they'll get one that that's unique to them and they're all just slightly different even though they're from the same distillery and huh. so that's what this one is. And usually if they're a single barrel, they're a little higher proof, things like that. So they, they might have slightly different character than the standard bottling would. So so
0: what's the difference between single barrel and single malt?
1: Well, they're, they're completely different terms. So single malt means it is a malt whiskey from a single distillery. Oh okay, so it can that 's all that means though, so it can okay. be it can be from many different barrels um, it can be have different ages, things like that. A single barrel means it 's literally you know they, they distill the whiskey, they put it in a barrel, and they bottle it if if it isn 't mixed with anything else that 's a single barrel yeah so okay. so we 've so, come
2: a long way from drinking uh, wine coolers at the camp uh, camping Yes. i I, back, I want to talk about camping i 'm obsessed so let's, okay, about back, camping
1: uh, camping is um, I yeah, with I only our went to so, wine coolers. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So so yeah. It, it, Eric, you remember the time that um I think we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but where where there was this weird um, gray area of uh drinking age law. We where were in uh, yeah South Dakota, we were once you nineteen. Turn 18, you could you <laughs> yeah. could buy three two. two beer and all that stuff
2: and wine coolers. Yeah. I I think we were younger than that with some of the camping episodes. I I only I only went on a few of them but uh, up at uh, Slate Creek or whatever but um I wasn't Maybe much Maybe we of a should camper. explain what that is. So uh, I our, wasn't our much friend, of a camper. Our
1: friends the Ron family own and, and still have uh, a piece of land up in the Black Hills private area with a you know, at the time it just had a, a shack. Yeah. <laughs> but and now now they've built a house and everything and it's very modern. Well, oh, the shack in in the, those days in our high school days they just had a shack you could go up there and hang out it was very it felt very isolated so it was. A, few, a number of times we'd go up there and we had a few times where we just drank like crazy yeah now now the quite thing I'm trying to remember because I, I think after we did wine coolers one year but the other there was another time where I know there was hard alcohol involved what,
2: did you guys do some Everclear thing
1: well, I, I remember, I remember Jeff making uh, these things he called <laughs> blue velvet hammers and blue yeah. thunderstorms.
2: He was way ahead of his time with the different well, cocktails. Well, that was
1: his first. That was right after he came back from his first year yeah. at Stanford. Oh, yeah. see, okay. so that's almost uh, college. That's more a college area.
0: <laughs> I, I love telling this story because um, after we graduated, we went up there, and Jeff mm. did a uh, list of who was going to bring everything and. Uh, he specified in, you know, 10 po- or 12 point bold, no alcohol
3: <laughs>
0: or no alcoholic drinks. And he went as far as, uh, John, you swiped a bottle of, I think it was whiskey.
1: Oh, I probably, whatever. it my- That's probably scotch. Uh, from <laughs> my dad's <laughs> liquor cabinet.
0: <laughs> and then you remember what Jeff did? He-, he opened it up and set it on the wood burning <laughs> stove overnight.
1: Oh my God, I forgot about that. Oh. And
0: this, this was right after we graduated. And then the, the time that you're t- talking about was... The year uh, after or something, right? Yeah, yeah, it was like spring break um, after we'd all been off to the first semester of college or something like that.
2: I remember a couple, few times, I, w- I was up there a couple times with you guys during high school. I, I remember when uh, we were all sitting around that little campfire thing by the shack and uh, we were... Yeah, the,
1: the, they called it the lean-to.
2: And we were singing and, and, and harmonizing with each other, and then I was like, "Well, stop, stop, stop," because I heard something, and I was
1: like,
2: "It a like coyote or something." Remember yeah. that? Were you there that time, Eric? And the I was probably
0: in. was, but I was probably blitzed out of my gourd. So I, I think
2: you were because later on in the evening, um, I remember uh, I was looking at your shoes, and um, <laughs> they, they were, were on fire. They were smoking. And, I, and 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 uh, I was like, yeah, I I didn't want to say anything. I was like, this is funny. No, but eventually, eventually no, no, woke that, up.
1: That happened to everybody. If you you'd sit around this <laughs> huge fire,
2: it wasn't just Eric.
1: No, it happened to me all the time too.
2: Your shoes started on fire every time.
1: Well, no, they they, were just, you, they you would just smoldering. <laughs> you never learned. You never learn.
2: Somebody's shoes we, started yeah. on fire once.
0: Were we waiting in the the pond or something so that they were wet? Was it smoke or was it steam? There, there was Gotten one.
2: There was one time when somebody's shoes order caught order. on fire and they had to run into the into the the creek to put them out because their shoes Are you were. Sure, actually, that wasn't you, Phil. That <laughs> you No, know, I remember watching it. I had an out of body experience. It maybe it oh, wasn't. Oh,
0: speaking of that, uh, shall we discuss nude tramming?
2: <laughs> oh,
1: the this tram is taking a quite the turn. <laughs> We don't need to talk about Zardoz now. A- well, we maybe
2: we, we have to because of, we maybe we could do it another episode. But yeah, no, the tram was the Ron Engineering. They had a kind of a tram uh, thing across the whole valley yeah. w- that you would hold on to, and well, there was an older one. The old version was uh, kind of dangerous.
1: That, that that they affectionately called the rusty wheel that fell on your head. <laughs>
2: Because if, yeah. ba- if you bounced yeah. at all, it was very dangerous. <laughs> now, the naked tram only happened once.
0: Well, what I thought was even funnier than that was when Andy decided he had to one-up you and did it right after.
2: Did he do a naked tramp? Yes, he did. Oh, okay. Okay, good. I'm glad. I wasn't the only one. Memory is a weird thing. Every now and then, then, the cows would come in, too, and you'd have to watch out for them. Well, yeah,
1: sometimes he had a herd of cattle on his land. That I think they were somebody else's cattle that he just rented out his land for them. You mean Perry?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the,
1: the patriarch. <laughs> we
2: we haven't yeah. really even talked about who Eric is, other than we went to high school with him. But let's well, see, I th- Eric. I
1: think people have an idea. He's an old high school friend. Um...
2: But he also wrote a screenplay.
0: Uh, it was actually in 2015 that uh, another Central alum alumna, uh, Jill Dale, contacted me, and she wanted me to read a uh, uh, part of a script. Or now well, she had. I, I think it was pretty much complete, but it was a script for a short, and uh, called Omniscient. And uh, yeah, I read it and asked her, you know, do you care how much I changed this? And, and she said, "Have at it." So I did, and I completely rewrote it. And to make a long story short, uh, we actually got it produced and shown at the Cannes Film Festival
2: cool
1: and you got to go and
0: no no unfortunately I didn't
1: oh okay okay you didn't get to go Mm -mm.
0: yeah there Uh, were only limited tickets available and at that point it would have been difficult to uh,
1: that's still very exciting though I mean I I know I know from talking to you that it was uh, not a perfect experience but uh, (laughs) still it's not something everybody gets to do in any form Hollywood
2: sounds so screwed up
1: uh, I, I'll, I'm <laughs> certainly
0: happy to discuss that more <laughs> offline, but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, cool. um, in the, another episode. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a really cool experience. Um, I actually have an IMDB entry. Um, there you go, which was kind of my, it, it all happened so fast and the, and the way it turned out, it was, uh, it was really kind of mind boggling.
2: I think parts yeah. of it took a life of its own and beyond you and other people getting involved and stuff, as, as anything within within uh, Hollywood. So that yeah. could be frustrating. But I, I think the song for cool. this
1: episode will be about that experience. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well,
2: you'll have to write it. So you'd need to write a song about your experience writing a screenplay.
3: Mm. <laughs> you know, and actually,
0: uh, I have uh, to follow your lead, Phil. I've been dappling in some songwriting or... Uh, at least setting poems to music and yeah, cool. shit like that. And and,
2: uh, and you're yeah, taking voice did. lessons?
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: For a long time Actually. now, right?
0: A uh, couple years. Coming up on a couple years now. Oh, good. Wow. That is so cool.
2: The periodic crackling sound you are hearing on Eric's track is caused because he is sitting buck naked on a bearskin rug by a roaring fire.
0: <laughs> Actually... It has to do with the Trek reference, but um, <laughs> in The Ultimate Computer, Kirk quotes, um, and all I ask is a tall ship and a star to steer her by. Yeah. Um, that's, the actual poem is called Sea Fever, and it was by uh, John Macefield, who was a poet laureate of England from like, oh, 1930 to 1963. He beat out Rudyard Kipling for that wow. post, actually. And uh, the whole, if you like sailing or the sea or anything, uh, you should check out that poem because it, it's very evocative. It's its one of my favorite poems, but uh, again, just kind of on a lark, I didn't intend to do it, but I started thinking of a melody for that, and over the course of about half an hour,
2: I set that uh, poem to music. Oh, I would definitely like to hear it. Yeah. We'll it end the kind of episode fun. with that. <laughs> excuse me <laughs> oh yeah no never mind just send it i won't i won't put it at the end of this
1: so speaking anyway. of big hairy people um, zardoz. zardoz that was a, that was so, one of so, our
2: feedback we had to talk about Zardoz. yeah
1: i mean i mean really it's one of the we we so we post a que- post a question on facebook what should we talk about in our next episode and one of our listeners said zardoz
0: who, who was this person i i got an <laughs> or is it anybody i would recognize
2: it's somebody from south dakota but her name is christine now i don't she's uh i don't know i haven't met her personally yet i know her i, I think she, i think she's a daughter of <laughs> she's a daughter of somebody that was a f- friend's dad's professor at sdsu whatever oh, but wow. but see what a, a thing that a thing that was going around there was a meme about how um hey in 2019 were this is when zardas was set And, uh, that's
1: actually not true.
2: But it isn't. I know. I was going to say that. I I was very
1: disappointed by
2: that. Because Zardoz, so we watched it for this, and, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, it's set in 2293. (laughs) So, (laughs) bullshit.
1: I, I, I don't know what they were thinking of. Or is 2019 supposed to be the year that, you know, the world starts to go to shit?
2: Or was that 2016? Maybe, maybe that's when people started
1: dressing like that. So have you had you guys seen Zardoz before we watched it? No, okay. really? Okay, okay.
2: I um I may have seen a couple scenes from it, but I had never seen the whole thing. I don't. I, I
1: you know I know I watched it, you know, I, I, at least fifteen years ago when it and it came out on video finally. And the funny thing is, be, be beyond the, 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 the goofy costumes and Sean Connery being in it, I didn't remember a thing about it. Rewatching it now so it was almost like i watched it for the first time and i really tried to look past all the the 70s stuff yeah yeah 1973 at that yeah Um, the 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 dated stuff and the the goofy ass costumes and everything to try and see what it was trying to get across
2: i Um, did you uh did you what did you like it
1: some of it's very funny actually, because, because it's so dated, and the yeah. and again, the, again, the, the costumes and some of the stylized acting are so just odd. That part is very entertaining, and <laughs> or, Sean lack Connery, of, or lack Sean, of costuming. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Sean Connery <laughs> is always very entertaining. I, I, I find he he has this natural um, screen magnetism, if you will, that carries a lot of really bad masculinity. Material. And so, it really, I, I, I kind of enjoyed seeing it, but I also th- thought it was a lot of, you know, unrealized sci-fi ideas and things. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, it's actually a pretty downer of an idea. If, because, oh, yeah. Because really, it's like this: the, the, the idea is like, well, humanity finds this way to become immortal, and ultimately they just wish for death.
2: <laughs> right, you, when, you know, when given the opportunity, they take it.
1: They, they take it, and, and and that's well because it's it, boring. It, it's got this this kind of uh, dystopian: the future will suck. <laughs> and and they 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 make this uh, tabernacle device, which you know Alexa and Siri and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's prescient. So you talk, yeah, some of it's prescient. That the computer again, Star Trek, whatever. They, well. they talk to a, an artificial intelligence, but ultimately they they find uh, satisfaction in either a physical, carnal, whatever, or death. That, that they don't have any physical sensation left. In fact, there's well. an entire scene, goofy scene where they, they, they start talking about the fact that they can't get erections. <laughs> oh, yes.
3: I mean, well, it starts out like, right at the beginning.
1: I it starts this, out with
2: it starts out with the, the penis is evil.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the oh yeah, the penis is evil. But there's a scene <laughs> in the middle where they're like Sean Connery just stands there <laughs> looking kind of like la 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 la. I'm a stud. Ha ha ha. And but but then they like
2: what what's going to stimulate him, and then he kind of looks down and.
1: <laughs> it's really funny. There, there's some serious ideas in this movie that are just either it partially because of the low budget like like it just can't quite get there with the effects quite more, and quite all, realize all it yeah the yeah exactly. vi- the visions reach exceeds its grasp if you will
2: i i yeah. was i was probably more into frank herbert than star trek but you guys than you guys were but um but he he, he got into a lot of that immortality thing too
1: the the background is interesting on in this movie um that it's so the director and writer is john borman who, and producer. His, his Yeah, and producer. He, he pretty much had control over this movie, so if you love it or hate it, it's him. It's his but fault. But this director uh, had just come off of the movie Deliverance. Oh, wow. Um, so that was a huge critical and commercial success for him. And he was, I think he could do anything he wanted, and this is what he chose to do. <laughs> and so good, good for him for laying it all out.
2: Well, which he did. Well, what do you think yeah. about it, Eric? What What was your What were your thoughts? Uh, to be perfectly honest,
0: I kind of zoned out. Um, <laughs> well, the, f- the first p- hour
1: or so of it is really <laughs> rough sledding. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I was still trying to figure out at the end when they had the whatever it was the Zardosians come in and kill all of the immortals. Was
1: oh the 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 brutals? Yeah.
0: The brutals. Yeah. Why was that to satisfy their need? Well, to die? well,
1: it, it almost ended up like a yes. weird cult thing where they they just have this death wish. That like, yeah. oh my god, that you know we're, we're horribly unsatisfied. So here comes Sean Connery and he's going to kill us all. <laughs> well, yeah, I but wonder what
2: living forever is so boring.
1: the The thing I I kind of took out of it was that there's this uh, whole natural order thing where, <laughs> they, right? They, right. So here, right. here's the thing. They, they and, really and spend... humanity
2: took took themselves away from that.
1: And here, but yeah, there is some serious thought going on in this movie. But the problem is, is that they spend huge chunks of time just explaining it to you. Mm. It's it's all this like, okay, here here's a character in a scene, and they're just like, they have they have to somehow find a way to just explain all the ideas literally to the audience.
2: It's like all exposition.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. It's all the, the, so I I didn't sense that there are almost no character development at all in a traditional sense.
0: Well, let me compare this then John to um well perhaps the gold standard of science fiction movies 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Because oh, there's if, a scene
2: like that, yeah.
0: Well, it, it it's more than that. Because, if anything, 2001 goes in the opposite direction. They have almost no exposition whatsoever. (laughs) Um, And I I appreciate 2001 as an art movie um, in many ways. But the problem is, I never understood what the fuck was going on until I read Clark's book. I, I saw the movie first and then read the book. And, you know, especially at the end. You know, I was finally like, oh, so that's what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it, for me, it kind of raises the question, which is the worst sin? Too much exposition or too little?
1: Well, and this is almost an, uh, kind of a reaction to 2001. Too much. Because if you think <laughs> about it, so 2001 is 1968. Mm-hmm. This movie was, was written in... 74. Yeah, so... I think there, there's kind of a reaction to that. So almost like so, Borman is just going to say, "Well, I I, I want to have a really interesting trippy movie, but I have to explain it all, and so I'm going to have these these actors sit there and like blah 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 blah." When
2: when they go into the tabernacle that, or when he when Zard or uh, Sean Connery's character goes into the tabernacle. Crystal thing, and uh, that that was that kind of similarity to the similarity to the end of two thousand one. That kind of you know people.
1: Then
2: you figure everything yeah, out. Yeah, and
1: that, that that's the part that that really doesn't work because partially because the effects are really cheesy. It's just a bunch of mirrors and stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, yeah. but but he was trying to get at I think he was trying to get at the same kind of idea that they did in, at the end of two thousand one, but it didn't yeah, quite yeah, work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's going into another dimension. Yeah. It's, it's it's a lot of it's very muddled. I think. And
2: yeah. Um, there's only one. There's only one mm-hmm. character in the movie uh, that I thought. The, okay, let me rephrase it. The most interesting character in the movie, actually, is uh, the one that has the most change, right? The uh, His friend. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but later on he becomes a... Uh, you mean uh,
1: friend? <laughs> friend, yeah. <laughs> the, the guy who controls the Zardoz head.
2: Well, no, that was... Uh, sorry. That, well, wasn't
0: that actually Zardoz?
2: No, the the floating godhead. <laughs> we'll edit some of this. I'm I'm trying to think. God damn it! No, his friend was at the end became an outsider. No, it wasn't called an outsider. What was it? Um, the old people. The renegades. Yeah, the old people and the kind of the the kind of people that John plays to for bands in, in oh. is
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah, the ones who are senile. Who, yeah. Who, uh... Yeah. Well, or dancing around in that. Um, there was like the renegades disco. And,
2: there were the renegades <laughs> and the apathetics, and the apathetics they yep. tasted a little bit of Sean Connery's sweat, and all of a sudden they weren't apathetic anymore. But <laughs> no, anyway, no, the reneg- they,
1: they get very they they do the old ultra violence. <laughs> so
2: that's what that's what the United States need is some more Sean Connery sweat, and we can get out of our apathy. But this this uh but. The friend guy was the most. And later on, his face is half, you know, warped or whatever. Because he's been no.
1: aged fifty years or whatever. <laughs>
2: but, but only oh,
1: half of him has oh, been oh, aged fifty oh, years. Oh. Well, why is only half of his head <laughs> aged? So is that twenty five
2: percent? No, but but no, the guy that controlled the head, that was um, shit.
1: Okay, was I, shit? I, I thought that was the same guy. No, no, but but the friend, okay, the friend was had, a different who guy. Who was the guy who had the? The, the, the Sharpie-painted mustache. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought... thought that was Zardoz, man.
2: Oh, yeah, oh. you're right. I think you're right. He called himself Zardoz. But his name was, yeah. like, Alan or something. Or Alex. Oh, or... See,
1: I thought that was Friend.
2: No, Friend. No, no,
0: Friend was the guy who ended up <laughs> half old, half young.
1: Half old, okay, okay. I, see, I thought they were the same people. I, I can't figure out whether he's Lokai or Beel.
2: <laughs> There's a scene later at the end where... Alan, or Alex, or whatever the guy's name is, Zardoz, is with Friend, and they're talking about, should yeah, we they, kill they, each they other? Die
1: together, should we kill each other? Oh, yes, Liza. so 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 Alex, or whatever his name you know, sharp, is, Sharpie Beard, or whatever his name is, He he he's the one that Sean Connery shoots. Yeah, and he right. is resurrected.
2: In the beginning, yeah.
1: Okay. okay. It, who, right. who sounds like a really bad Shakespeare in the Park guy.
2: There, there oh. were... <laughs> well, any movie that opens up with a monologue like that is oh, it's you...
1: so bad. That part really is horrible.
2: That's like the opening of. Speaking of Carol Saunders, she would talk about the opening of uh, Dune. And how? Oh, right.
1: I forgot to tell you the blah 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 blah.
2: Oh God,
1: that's the worst oh, part oh, well... of the movie. Actually, uh,
0: another blast pack. Passed, uh, back to high school. John, do you remember? Uh, I think it was one of our. I think it was the spring concert, our sophomore oh, year. Shit. We did that number, and uh, Carol Saunders <laughs> did the narration over it. Do you remember that? What number?
2: From Dune? The Dune? theme. You guys did that?
0: Yeah. I think wow. it was uh, spring of. It uh, would be spring of 85. Our concert. Our spring concert. Yeah.
1: I bet we did.
2: I remember hearing the someone talk to it. me about how Carol Saunders did a much better introduction.
0: <laughs> yeah, that opening narration of the uh, movie.
2: She that. probably did a much better version. I heard she did a, a, a just blew it away.
0: Yeah, she did a very good
1: job, as I recall, but Com-
2: compared to the the movie version that David Lynch did. But
1: <laughs> Phil, what did you did you like it?
2: Well, <laughs> yes, but I, I I'm. I'm not necessarily the best person to ask about these kind of things. I I gotta I I uh, it's not it's not like something I would recommend to anyone, but I uh, I got a kick out of it. it. I I it was it was theatrical. Um, I don't know. I just I got a kick out of it, the theatrical part. But see, I because of reading different books by Frank Herbert, he got into this immortality thing, and how about you know. People live for a thousand years and whatever else, and, and uh, so I, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of got it from that that context. It's like, oh, we're we're liberated; we don't have to live forever. It's kind of exciting for them, but then I, I but uh, Sean Connery's character evidently impregnated about twelve women that went on horses somewhere else, or I don't know how. Yeah, many.
1: that part's pretty vague. I <laughs> I think they're
2: gonna they're gonna start the next generation yeah right fine.
1: right yeah i i think he didn't know how to end it
2: <laughs> i i don't know what to say i i am not gonna rate this movie like uh, thumbs up or thumbs down i i i come I, on gene siskel <laughs> i got a kick out of it and I, I i i'm not i'm i don't i'm not bothered by gratuitous nudity but um
1: that's... yeah you know okay so let's let's <laughs> let's get to that so this, Sean
2: Connery's boobs were all over the place
1: The thing is that I will say about this movie Is that there's a lot of Gratuitous nudity as you mentioned But yeah. there's also lots the, the thing is the objectification Is also aimed at Sean Connery Quite a bit Yeah in and what way? So it well, well, he's running around with a thong on the whole time.
2: Well, but but also the women and some of uh, maybe all the men. I don't know. Yeah, but so, they, they, no, they, know, they they're, were all they're, like, they're, they're really all... drawn to him. In that, yeah, exactly, exactly. He can so, reproduce. So
1: the 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 men and the women are both attracted to him
2: because he, he can reproduce and his maybe his penis isn't so evil. I don't know, but he's very hairy. But yeah, there there was a <laughs> weird. There was kind of a a bisexuality vibe going on. Maybe yeah, I'm there, just there reading was, into things. there was
1: things. at least one guy in that in the Immortals group who was attracted to, to I
3: it seems Big like the all Sean were. Connery.
2: It seems like they all were. But uh yeah, whatever. That, yeah, that's I that's mean, fine.
1: That that part that part I think was <laughs> uh, so unsubtle.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, the whole 70s free love um Thing, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. What it actually reminds me of, it reminds me of two things. One is uh, Robert Heinlein's Stranger in a Strange Land.
3: Oh,
2: grokking. Which
0: also deals with immortality issues, but yeah. in a very different way. I
2: need to reread that.
0: Yeah, I haven't read it in quite a few years. but um, And there was a 1973 uh, French animated sci-fi movie called Fantastic Planet. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And for some reason, uh, this movie kind of reminds me of that. I, sure I exactly forgot why. about
2: that movie. I love that movie, and I, I couldn't tell you why. But so so you find a connection between this movie and that one. That's interesting.
0: Well, and Fantastic Planet came out in 73, and this came out in 74. So, you know, it could have been an influence.
2: Well, but, but, but okay. So, right. So in Fantastic Pal- Planet has the god-like beings and then the more brutal-like beings also yeah okay yeah no i get it
0: so yeah and i think it's more in terms of uh uh thematically i think there are some crossovers i haven't really you know given this a lot of thought but i think it's more um style and uh the visual impact i it.
2: yeah I, I see. I I see where you're going with that, and I like that. And I like that connection. That's cool.
1: Interesting question. Could you remake this movie today? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And how? <laughs>
2: make it a prequel. J-, J J Abrams could make it a prequel.
3: Oh,
2: well God. The, the, the,
1: And one of the things that I'll <laughs> say about this movie that was frustrating to me is actually that, uh, and you know, I'm I'm being serious here in that I think the people that made it were serious. Um, yeah. So the Sean Connery character, the Zed... Yeah. I feel like he, he... He walks through about half of the movie just reacting to things and not saying anything. And then all of a sudden, he has lots and lots of things to say and opinions and <laughs> character things that seem well, out of the blue. He's like,
2: given a chance.
1: Well, I just... I, 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 I think that... <laughs> Character-wise, he's it's really sloppy. Like, like all, all they do is show this flashback scene to him in the library, discovering you know that oh he read all these books and discovered that Zardoz was Wizard of Oz and blah blah blah. All
2: right, and that was like his epiphany aha thing, and then all all of a sudden, all of a sudden he was trans, all of a sudden he was transformed.
1: Right, right. But I, I, I find that to be pretty lazy writing. There wasn't uh, a transition. um, I I tend to agree with you, John, and that just
0: uh, triggered another uh, parallel or another connection to a 70s uh, cult favorite, and that's Logan's Run. Ah, Oh, yeah. And um, (laughs) one thing that... um, It's been a while since I've watched it, but one thing that I really appreciated uh, about that was Michael York's portrayal of Logan was really effective because... Yeah, yeah. He hints throughout that you know he has some. Th- th- there, there are subtle hints that he questions the whole system. Yeah. But it's never anything concrete because, you know, it it raises the question. But he, it seems like he's going back and forth. You know, um, he's a sand, he's a dedicated sandman. No, he's actually a covert rebel. And mm. but they do a very effective job of hinting at, you know, this conflict in him. And this more of a transition.
2: Huh? This more of a transition.
0: Yeah, and then it's not until later in the movie, uh, you know, when he goes over to the light side, I guess. Um, (laughs) And uh, it's, I mean, it's a nice piece of character development, and it's all the more impactful because the presage it to some degree and uh michael york's a good enough actor to uh keep the you know the character cues uh subtle but
2: and there was some humor a, there
0: yeah the, but to, to respond to your comment john yeah i see what you mean because um they didn't achieve that in czar
4: dolls
1: yeah i i, I just I, I think there's a lot of interesting ideas in the movie that are just not. You know, partially due to the effects, but also due to the script, are just yeah. not realized. I
2: I I, th- I I I get what you're saying, but for some reason that didn't bother me as much, just because it was sort of a orgiastic sort of. I I do I I couldn't tell you I I I couldn't right now tell you what the movie was about exactly, but. But it it uh, it got into this. Uh, so the the godlike characters are are sort of manipulating. There's other vortexes, and at least in this one vortex that, that Zardoz, Alex or whatever his name was, Alan, uh, was manipulating. You know, he had this kind of thing going on. But it kind of alludes to other vortexes. I I think you could remake this movie. And get into um, you know kind of like they they redid um, uh, Westworld. I think you could get into these other vortexes. I, I think somebody could have a lot of fun with that. But it it it's really dated. I I just in in the, I mean to to put it mildly, it's very dated. But
0: well well you know the thing is the first question to answer your question John uh, about remaking this movie now. My first question is, why would you want to? <laughs> but but we, also, we make everything. Disney yeah. <laughs> Zardoz. Question, but the other question is, and you, you alluded to this, Phil, it would have to be completely different. Like, uh, I haven't seen much of the Westworld remake. Um, I'd actually kind of like to see it. But it really bears, other than, you know, just, it, it was like the BSG reboot. Um It bore uh, a resemblance to the original Battlestar Galactic because of the names and the very basic premise. But that, you know, at that point, that's it.
2: You went into really Uh, different directions.
0: Yeah, so... You could do that with Sardis. But why would you bother to... Well,
2: I don't know. It's kind of a challenge.
0: Well, (laughs) but you, you would have to change it so much that, I mean, whatever they were trying to accomplish... Oh, man. In 1974, it would have to be so radically different to be effective. I
2: I can see all these different vortexes with all these different monster heads floating around. I mean, it could be pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And, and, you know, in some vortexes, the vagina is evil. Whoa, Hmm.
1: man. You just blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah. I told John at,
0: when we were texting about uh, watching Zardoz that there should have been a disclaimer in the trailer that you got to drop acid before watching it.
2: Oh, I, I want, I. There are there are movies like that where that definitely would help, but I'm yeah. kind of naturally like that, so it's okay. Uh, but no, the Westworld the West reboot or whatever. I've only seen a couple of them, but it, uh, but it does get it, 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 because Westworld was sort of. Eh, I don't know what you would say. I I, I think you could draw a parallel between Westworld original and Zardoz and the remake (laughs) or reboot of Westworld and a potential uh, reboot of Zardoz. I think that would actually um, that that actually is a good analogy. I I haven't seen uh, Battlestar Galactica, uh, the reboot, but it was like a lot darker and stuff like that. I get gritty.
0: Yeah well they went in a very well it was it was very different um that
2: well you kind of have to though
0: w- with, without if you haven't seen it it's it's kind of hard to talk about it but um yeah they outside of the broad underlying thesis you know they they just went in a totally different direction and uh, uh the first two uh seasons especially were good i'm not sure how i feel about the ending of it but
1: i'm going to cut us off here Okay, yeah, I mean, because my I'm, I'm, family members are home.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, you got to feed time them for dinner.
1: <laughs> you See, oh shit, look! No, you're still talking. <laughs>
2: oh, that's going to be the new sound drop that I repeat over and over again. You're still talking. Okay, thank you, everybody. Thank Thanks, you, guys. everybody, and good night. <laughs> thank you, Easter Bunny.
4: And here's the song. There he goes, the malevolent fuck Truck duds hanging from his pickup truck Five foot four and full of mean The most rapacious deuce you've ever seen you Whoop your ass if you're smaller than him He's always half tanked on his coke and gin Full of piss and vinegar, pus and snot Vile and vile There he goes, the malevolent fuck Truck nuts hanging from his pickup truck Five foot four and full of mean The most rapacious deuce you've ever seen Stealing candy from kids and kicking cats He doesn't like mimes or acrobats He figures he'll die in old incels I figure he'll probably end up in hell. There he goes, the malevolent fuck, truck nuts hanging from his pickup truck, five foot four and full of mean, the most rapacious deuce you've ever seen. One night an angel came to him. He nearly spit out his open gym, the angels said words from on high, and on the table appeared an apple pie. It was just like his mama made. He thought about the debt he's left unpaid, inside his head an idea Inside his chest, his heart, it warmed. Tomorrow will be a brand new day, but he died in his sleep. Cue the cutaway. There he goes into heaven, the malevolent fuck, truck nuts hanging from his pickup truck. Five foot four and full of nice, it took an angel
3: and death to thaw that ice.